0: Welcome to Inside the IC. Today we have a very special episode. I'm joined by my colleague Jory Heckman from All About Data. This is a joint episode. Hey, Jory. Hey, Justin. And we are very happy to have here in studio Lori Wade, the Intelligence Community's Chief Data Officer. Lori, great to have you in.
1: Great. Hello. Hi. It's great to be here. This is my first uh, interview, so I'm very excited about the new strategy.
0: Will be very nice. Uh, but no, this is going to be a great interview. And yeah, we're talking about the IC's new data strategy, just published this week, actually. And, you know, it's going to kind of detail some of the steps the IC is going to take on data, that very important topic here over the next few years. But Lori, first, can you kind of just talk about your background and how you came to your current position in the IC?
1: Great. So I've actually been working in the intelligence community since uh, 1998. I first started as a government contractor. So I've worked on the private sector side, working with the intelligence community, and then moved over right after 9-11 to work as a government. So I joined uh, to work in the National Counterterrorism Center at that time. So I've had a long history in the intelligence community. I've worked at several of the agencies and then, of course, worked at the ODNI and then over to CIA, where there I worked in the mission centers and then the new director to digital innovation after it stood up and then became their deputy director of the agency data office and the deputy CDO. And then came over to this position about a year ago. So I've had a long history across the intelligence community.
2: All right, great. Well, to dive into things a little bit, just in terms of the overall scope of the data strategy, let's spend a little bit of time going into how it came about. Because, you know, when we hear about the IIC, some people might think it's just this one monolithic thing, but it is this big community It's comprised of, I believe, 18 different agencies. So a lot of consensus building that needs to happen. Let's spend a little bit of time of how the data strategy just came to be.
1: Great. I appreciate the question because it actually did require a lot of work. And once you see the strategy online, you'll see how concise the strategy is. It's really focused. It really hits on the, the areas that we need to do in the next two years. I'll just start with that. If, when you get to the cover, you'll see that the data strategy is 23 to 2025. That was one of the first questions people asked me if I had done a typo And I answered no, because we have what I believe two years in this global digital and data transformation that we are in. We have two years to really get focused on some of the foundational areas of end-to-end data management. Data is fundamental to everything that we do in the intelligence community. And our ability to manage it properly and to maintain how we do data across our entire life cycle is an important part of where we're going to move the needle forward, if you will, for the intelligence community. So when I came into the role, it was very important to me to lay out where we were today, where we needed to go, and then bring all of the 18 element CDOs together. I chair the Intelligence Community Chief Data Officer Council. I wanted to bring them together and build on the work that had been done in the prior years of looking at strategically where we were with our data and our ability to manage our data across the end-to-end data management lifecycle and then where we needed to go. And so we started with a a foundation and a base from that understanding and then built out these four focus areas uh, to keep us going forward. And from there, we had the DNI, the Director of National Intelligence and the Principal Deputy of National Intelligence come together to look at our four focus areas and after they read through the draft strategy, they realized the impact of, of what we were doing as it relates to the new national attack surface, the implications of all the emerging technologies like AI, the next evolution of the internet and immersive technologies, and where we are with our adversaries, and how do we keep our operational decision advantage. So based on that and the draft focus areas in the strategy, they became very actively involved. The Director of National Intelligence, Director Haynes herself, actually held a session with the uh, IC chief data officers at our council and heard from every single CDO where they were against the strategy as far as their actions and their challenges and what early accomplishments they were having. And then she took it a step further. And because one of our focus areas, you'll see when you look at this online, has a focus area around partnerships. And by that, we mean beyond our traditional partnerships, but our private sector and academic institutions partnerships. She actually wanted to meet then with the private sector and academic institutions to talk about the data strategy. And from those two sessions, we made some updates to a few of our focus areas. And in my mind, it made it even stronger. And then the fact that she is 100% support of the strategy, that helps with her peers across the uh, national security, but also for the intelligence community directors and deputy directors.
0: Got it. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, obviously data has been so central to everything the intelligence community does, just gaining information and then analyzing it is obviously foundational to what you do, but we're in this very new world here in 2023 where, The sources of data have just exploded. There's so many types of data available on the internet and through other types of technologies. But when you try to boil this down to something concrete, what would you say some of the most important near-term milestones are for the IC under this data strategy? Now that the proverbial floodgates are open, the strategy's out, what's coming next here in the next couple of years?
1: Okay, that's a great question. As you'll see, the data strategy itself is a very short, concise document. Uh, behind it is a lot of deliberate and intentional action that is necessary. As again, the, it goes to 2025. And the steps behind each of these focus areas are very critical for us to get done. So one of the things that we started, even as this strategy was finishing its coordination, we already started a one-year action plan. Each year we'll have a one-year action plan. The one-year action plan was developed with the CDOs. They were to go back into their agencies, coordinate with their stakeholders, with their other partners who are critical for the success, which are the CIOs, the CISOs, mission, so the collection, and all the way through to the analysis pieces. And then they were to go to their heads of their agencies to sign off on, these are the actions that we're gonna sign up for for this year. So we've actually moved out already. We're, we're about to have our second quarter review of that action plan, even as the strategy is coming out. I didn't wait on the actual strategy to be uh, released. We went ahead and started because I didn't think that we had time to waste. Some of the core and critical elements to that, and you'll see in here, we talk about data, a data centric mindset, a data centric approach. Well, that starts with having data management and data management planning at the point of collection all the way through to exploitation and dissemination. We have to have a conscious and deliberate plan for how we're working with our data. All of those things are necessary for us to be able to take full advantage of all of the emerging tech like AI. For example, AI is something that requires quality data, so highly curated data. Our data has to be tagged and labeled. It has to be discoverable and accessible. We have to have the data architecture in place. So we are working on all of that, right? We're working on that end-to-end data management view and everything it takes. We have to partner with our CIOs because also what AI and other immersive technologies take is a lot of compute. So we also are looking at how do we work with them, uh, the CIOs and the CISOs on not only our IT infrastructure, our cloud, and our compute, but also how does this play into and what is the criticality of zero trust architecture. So we're working on all of those factors together. So that's the main focus now is really getting that template for what does end to end data management look like and what are all those intersections that we have to work on to make sure that as we're moving through how data flows through that we're solving for those intersections and taking full advantage of capabilities and adopting capabilities and services that exist today. That's one area that we're doing. Another area is we also have an intelligence community directive. So what we call in our language an an ICD 504 on data management. That's a critical step because it it really calls out all data. You mentioned open, open source data, commercial data, everything, all data collected, even our business data, all data has to have a data management plan. And that's important because... Every collection acquisition of data has a lot of planning that goes into it. But for some reason, over years, we've kind of dropped off the idea that we have to have manage that data all the way through. The role of a CDO is relatively new in the intelligence community, and it's something that is important because they need, we need to elevate them. We need to bring them to the decision-making table, and they need to be viewing everything, every action that we're doing around our data all the way through. That's how we're going to actually get to interoperability. That's how we're going to be able to do AI at speed and scale.
0: And again, that's Lori Wade, the Intelligence Community's Chief Data Officer. We're talking about the IC's new data strategy just released this week. We're going to take a short break, but we'll pick up the conversation when we come back. I'm Justin Doubleday, and you're listening to Inside the IC and All About Data on Federal News Network. Welcome back to a special joint episode of Inside the IC and All About Data. I'm speaking with Laurie Wade, the intelligence community's chief data officer, alongside my colleague and the host of All About Data, Jory Heckman. To focus on one of
2: the pillars of the strategy, the workforce and getting them data savvy, data ready and prepared for all the things that you just said, my sense is that it is multiple streams of effort here. It is not just bringing in those high-end data scientists, although, of course, I'm sure that's part of it. But it seems like data is going to be everyone's responsibility in some way, shape, or form. And so, that baseline data literacy has to go up for everyone. Tell me, in your own words, just in your own perspective, how that data literacy campaign is going to look, uh, and you know what a data-ready workforce is going to look like in the future.
1: No, this is a great question. It's something I've spent a lot of time in the past uh, thinking and working. I've been on several IC forums, and so for everyone listening, when you see the strategy, our last and but not uh, least, and certainly not in in priority order, is the uh, the pillar that we have on transform the IC workforce to be data driven, and this is across every every discipline, every position, from the top all the way down down all the way up and across. Um, It's beyond, like you said, it's beyond the data professionals. We definitely, I I look at it in two ways. There's a data acumen and literacy that we have to bring every single IC officer up to, whether they're leading the agency, uh, they're working on the legal side, the every acquisition side, no matter where you are, you're going to touch and work with data, whether it be our business data or our mission data. So we need to understand what does that mean and how does that look and how do we bring capabilities to that to help us as we move forward. And that's across every single discipline. Then I talk about data tradecraft. So our our collectors, our operators, our uh, targeters, our analysts, and our data professionals, they also need to be evolving their data tradecraft. So it's two parts for me. But every single person needs to understand where we are in the world and how does that impact us and what are we doing to help us use our data and unlock that value and insight as quickly as possible so that we can make decisions uh, that are data driven and not just from our gut or, you know, today people aren't understanding the volumes of data that they no longer can just even go through it on their own. So that's why we have to figure out. We have technology and capabilities that we can bring to help us to do that in ways that we haven't in the past, and we need to take fullest advantage of that. But we need to ready ourselves. The other piece of that is traditionally intelligence community organizations, and a lot of organizations have been developed where they put data professionals over in other groups or directorates. In the intelligence community today, we have five generations. Certainly, we've started to welcome in and have been for some time now the Gen Z. We need to make sure that everything that we're doing – across the organization will take full advantage of what they're bringing to the table, which is their digital natives. So it doesn't matter what area they go into, they're going to be bringing that with them. And we need to make sure that we've got everyone else that's already in the intelligence community up to that kind of understanding so that we can work together as one IC as we go forward.
0: Yeah. And just following up on that, you know, what you mentioned about having a a Baseline level of proficiency for every IC officer, and then evolving data tradecraft itself. Obviously, IC officers are trained in tradecraft. Do you envision some sort of across-the-board data training? Um, how will you kind of ensure that, with all the other things that officers have to learn about and 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 just worry about on a daily basis? How are they going to be thinking about data management?
1: Yes, we're already, and that's part of one of the first quarter of the the first year's action plan looking across and assessing the data literacy that exists today. What programs are already underway? There are some very good programs that are underway. So how do we raise those up and share them across uh, quickly? How do we embed some element of data into every module that's uh, for entry on duty for anyone coming in to their agency or to the IC? We're working to do that as quickly as we can. We're also... Uh, putting together a training on—I call it the, the the full end-to-end data-centric experience, right? We're trying to create data management from the optic of how do we want the experience. If you think of uh, the gaming industry and how—and we've t- I've talked a lot uh, with some of uh, some of the top uh, gaming companies and how they create a user experience from a gaming standpoint. We definitely want to create that same kind of experience for the IC officer at the the pointy end of the spear there, so the analyst, the targeter, the data scientist, whoever there has to work with the data, what is the experience they need to have? So we need to train them on everything that happens to the data before it gets to them, right, so that they understand that full end-to-end data management lifecycle that's building, and they need to be involved in helping to shape that. So training, we're working on training now that explains that full data-centric experience. And then also, what are data? What's the data governance rules and responsibilities, and how do we provide training on those roles? We're doing that. That's part of our first quarter, um, second quarter focus as well on the strategy implementation. Yeah,
2: obviously, that upskilling piece of things, that training piece of things, is going to be so crucial, especially for the workforce you already have. Just on the other, on the flip side of that coin, in terms of bringing new people in, that's got to be another critical component of this whole workforce effort. Uh, To that point, and and to what you were saying previously about partnerships and how that's such an essential part of everything, what's the latest on the IC's public-private talent exchange, uh, bringing in that new talent from the private sector, giving them a tour of duty and experience, really, of the IC in this data domain? Uh, How are things looking there?
1: That's a very critical part. It's the third focus area, and it's the idea of how are we working with the private sector on digital and data innovation, beyond looking at just the technology and the emerging technology and how we bring that to bear on this, we are looking at what is the skills horizon that is needed. And in doing that, we've helped shape one of the first pilots that's going to be happening under the, um, what you just mentioned, the PPTE, the Private uh, Public Talent Exchange Program. I'm working with an academic organization, an IC element, and another IARPA program, a company where we're going to roll out a data pilot on a real mission sprint. More to come on that, but that's happening. I've gone out and met with the company and the academic organization, and we're just pulling together the final details. But that will be a, we're going to use a real mission example, and we're going to bring in officers from the IC to work with individuals and experts from the private sector and from an academic organization to really drive in and solve a real mission problem. So we're going to do more of those. I'm just starting a pilot on that, which is going to be amazing because it will really bring not only the idea of here's how we, we can signal to the private sector. These are the kinds of things we're interested in and we're working on, but also we can evolve our thinking about how they're working with data and technology and how they're bringing it to bear on their, on their challenges and how we might be able to then just immediately apply that to a mission area.
0: Got it. And you know, One obviously huge piece of this strategy and how the IC uses data is laying the groundwork for artificial intelligence and machine learning. I know that's an area that I'm sure the private sector is is working on as well. What does the IC need to do to ensure its data is indeed AI ready? And more broadly, how are you trying to lay the groundwork from your corner of the world for EIC to take advantage of AI and machine learning.
1: This is a great question. And it, it hit really hits across every element of the strategy to include the 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 digital and data literacy piece. Because one thing I'm trying to do immediately is get people past the hype. There's the one view of what's going on with AI that you hear in the news every day where people are talking about chat GPT and large language models and everything that we're focused on. And what are the impacts to national security? What's happening in the world and how does it impact us is a great, is a great question. And we have our science and technology folks, we have our, our research and development folks all focused on that area. I'm working with the CIO and the CISO community to make sure that everything that we're doing, so everything in this strategy, end-to-end data management, making sure that our we put into practice, well, the intelligence community as a whole puts into practice data lifecycle management, where we're curating and labeling our current and future data holdings to making sure that we're working with the ICCIO, where they're continuing to modernize our IT and cloud infrastructure and compute power, and then also that zero-trust architecture I mentioned before. All of these foundational, critical component areas are covered between those three, the CDO, the CIO, and the CISO strategies. We have to be able to do those things and get that done Otherwise, we will not be able to do AI at speed and scale. So it's critical. So that is our second focus area is the idea of delivering data interoperability and analytics at speed. And I could talk more about what I mean about the interoperability uh, if we need to. But basically, it's everything that has to happen to the data as it's coming in and as it works its way through to be AI ready, consumable by humans and machines. But also, I'm actually interested in what are those capabilities that we could bring to bear on all those steps along, you know, from collection to transport to ingest, exploitation? How do we move that analytic and automation forward in our data lifecycle?
0: And again, that's Lori Wade, the Intelligence Community's Chief Data Officer, discussing the IC's new data strategy just released this week. You can listen to the rest of the interview on All About Data after the break.
2: Thanks for listening to Inside the IC, sponsored by Microsoft Federal. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your podcast feed. Search for Inside the IC on Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you get your shows. Welcome to All About Data on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jory Heckman. Thanks for joining me this week for a special episode of All About Data. Joining me is Justin Doubleday, the host of Inside the IC, and we're going to continue our conversation with the Chief Data Officer of the Intelligence Community, Lori Wade. Lori, thanks again for taking the time. One thing that's really impressed upon me by this data strategy is the speed of everything that needs to happen, that the speed of collecting that data, the speed of ingesting that, and having that information at a person's, a leadership position's fingertips to use that information drive data driven decision making, you know, all that needs to happen, you know, near real time, if not real time itself. Just given all of that, and just given, again, the fact that the intelligence community is not one thing. It's a multitude of things. It's a lot of moving pieces here. How do you speed up that interoperability and how do you make sure that everyone's reading from the same sheet of music here?
1: I think a challenge that we are definitely focused on and with the interoperability word itself, and by putting Data interoperability in there. Interoperability is really traditionally a term that is used when you're talking IT. So, some people think it's counter when I say interoperability because we're trying to move from a system centric view to a data centric view. However, I like the word interoperability because interoperable means that there's been a conscious, deliberate, intentional step as they're building out an architecture or a system. And when systems of systems have to work together, the interoperability of that through standards. Deliberate reuse of code or the reuse of data, in this case, looking across and seeing where work has already happened, where capabilities exist. We have in the IC, we have services of common concern where we have actually put funding on to put services that are developed and then made available to the entirety of the intelligence community. There are a set of IC data services, we have our eyesight services, there's identity management services, there's cross domain services, there's all these different services that exist that have been funded. We are pushing in the strat in this data strategy the idea of those services that have been funded and are underway that they be adopted. Because through adoption of data standards, data handling instructions, using all the things that are coming out of the strategy, using the IC data services, that's where you build in common. Right. What is commonly done is commonly adopted, and then that brings an interoperability piece. But I even extend the interoperability piece to our relationships with the DOD. I'm really focused on the IC and DOD integration. And so how do we share what we have done, the work we've done, the services we've done, that can then be shared so that as they build out their standards, as they are building out their strategy, We're working together on a common ontology, a common lexicon, all of those things that can help drive that interoperability. Because as you work through and you can build all that in at the beginning and then adopt it where it's not already there, that's where you get to interoperability. I I like to think about it as like if we all left here right now to go on our way and you may have an electric car. I still have it if I have a gas fuel vehicle. You don't have to stop at just one particular place to charge your car, right? You can stop at a few different places, right? I could stop at any gas station. But think about all of the work that happened to get it to that point. And then all those different companies, all the gas stations, everything that went into that to make it interoperable for the user. So, again, it's the user in mind, right? So, to me, that's how we're going to get to speed and scale, As much of the things that we have that already exist, that we can adopt and making sure that we're following a set of common standards, that we have that infrastructure where we're sharing capability, and that we are looking and doing that end-to-end look and solving for those intersections, then we'll get to that speed and scales.
0: And just following up on that, you mentioned the services of common concern. To the extent you can describe it, what, what are the data services of common concern that are kind of done centrally? What are kind of agencies responsible for doing by themselves today? And is any of that going to change? Is there going to be more centralization going forward?
1: So the IC data services have been in existence prior to this strategy. The actions of the strategy are they enhance those or they build on them or they fill a gap that's not currently there. One of the major things and and something we're rolling out is a common IC data catalog. So each agency can have their own catalog. But they need to be able to then connect it to the larger IC data catalog. And in there, there's a series of steps that have to happen. We see that as a way to drive the data management best practices. Because if you're putting something in a catalog, you're tagging it, you know, label things. It has a another service that's an IC data service. It has a guide ID. So think about that as like if you think of FedEx and a global tracking system for the data, so barcode for the data, if you will. So that's been put onto the data. So then the data can protect itself as it goes through. But also there's a place, because one of the goals of the strategy, right, is to make data discoverable, right? So what does each agency need to do? They may have their own, but it needs to connect to the common one. We also have integrated data layers at each of the three security fabrics, Put your data in there, right, instead of putting it in a repository where no one can access it because access is then the other part that we're trying to solve. So each agency, because of the way they are built and the way they work and some operate, you know, we have both that are have a DOD and an IC element. They may have to do their own things, but as they're doing them, build in the standards and the the capabilities and the services, adopt the service. Don't rebuild your own sets of services. If it's already been funded by the intelligence community, Director of National Intelligence, then use those within your organization so that we get to that interoperability piece, which is really the third part, right? We're trying to accomplish here. Discoverability, accessibility, and interoperability of all our data. And then that's, again, once we do that, we that's what's going to set us up for that speed and scale of AI and everything, anything else that comes after that. Immersive technologies, you name it.
2: To that point, let's... Talk a little bit about your role as the chair of the IC Chief Data Officer Council, ensuring that that interoperability does happen. I imagine that's gonna be a huge part of what goes on in those meetings. You know, Avoiding that duplicative effort, make sure that things do harmonize amongst all the IC components. What are some of the things that happen in those meetings What do you really need to do to bring everyone together to make those component CDOs feel empowered? Because they are, as you point out, the new kids on the block for the most part. Tell me how uh, things play out at that level.
1: We have a monthly meeting, the whole council comes together, and there every quarter we're going to be reviewing. Like I said, this in August, we'll be reviewing the second quarter of the one year action plan for this strategy and that will devote the entire meeting to that. Each element comes and they'll provide a list of three things. They come and they talk about the accomplishments, their challenges, and then what's on for the next quarter. And the first one we did because it was the first time we'd ever done that. They'd never had a a strategy, data strategy. They'd never had an action plan where they had to come together and talk about it that way. It went very well. And what I saw, I mentioned i have been in the intelligence community a long time. It was incredible because at that level, they were able to exchange, here's a challenge I'm having at this agency, CDO. Another one would step forward and say, well, we've already accomplished that. We can share with you what we've done. And then, or vice versa, if I have a challenge, here's how I've worked that challenge. Or here's where I'm going to be focused on the next quarter. That's our focus too. Let's work together and move forward. So there's a, a very take a step back approach that they're we're, we're opening up the space where they can take a step back and do a collective move forward on either challenges, build on accomplishments, or work together as we go forward. Other things we'll do in that, we'll we'll roll out. We give an opportunity. We have the uh, IC CIO sits on that, the CISO. We hear from our partners and stakeholders come and update us on challenges and issues they're having. We also use this as an opportunity to I uh, fill them in on larger things that we're doing from other work I do in the IC. I also sit on the federal CDO Council. Uh, so I'm the representative from the IC. So I also relate to them things that are happening at a federal level And we'll discuss those. And then we'll demo new IC data services that are coming forward. Like this last week, we just had the new IC data catalog was uh, previewed. And now everyone will start to use the data catalog that we are rolling out. So it's an opportunity to discuss all of these, but also to make sure that we are discussing and moving us forward on any challenges. And then what are major updates that are coming from both the federal side and the private sector side, because we were doing a lot of work I also lead a lot of work we're doing on the the private sector side.
0: Got it. And, you know, I wanted to ask about the fact that I'm sure a lot of your fellow chief data officers on the civilian side of government, obviously, they don't really have to deal with things like classified information policies, need to know culture, all those different security and legal barriers that come into play when you talk about trying to make data more discoverable, and interoperable. Can you talk about how you're trying to navigate those competing priorities and what are the challenges, what are the potential opportunities within that? those different competing priorities?
1: What I like to remind people is the work that we've done in the intelligence community, we've done a long time, right? We've been doing this. We've had the same laws, uh, civil and privacy all of the things that we've had to compliance, everything that we've had to do, we can't, we've can't. we not stopped doing. It's the way that we've done it and the way that we've moving it from a very manual way to a very automated way, right? All those things exist, but this intention and deliberate data management allows us an opportunity to make sure that we're Putting all of that into a, all the data handling instructions, all the compliance, and we're properly putting those tags and labels on our data through metadata and through, you know, making those attributes then machine readable so that the data keeps that as it all it goes all the way through. In the past, there's been a very manual process associated with that, right? So then I like to say that everything that we're doing with the data from just core data management principles are basically int agnostic, mission agnostic, right? So anything from just core data management practices, bringing the challenge of having the CDOs buried in an agency and not having them at the decision-making table. What are all the implications of doing that? What are all the challenges of that skills horizon I talked about? The idea that by having a data professional at the table, when we start talking about our data is important. Because not only do we have the challenge of the security piece, which we've always had in the IC, right? We've always focused on that. How do we secure our data, right? We also have the focus of the cost of storage, index, and compute. That's all driving up our cost. And by not having an end-to-end plan for that and a look, that is another reason and another challenge that the CDOs can help these organizations with. So some of the challenges just around data management and data security are the same, right? The cyber security challenges would exist on the federal side as well as the IC side. All of those things about the volumes of data and and skills horizon for working data, right? It's going to be a multidisciplinary approach as we go forward. And then the idea of, I think this is uh, consistent across both is the, um, the challenge of being able to, and this is not my words, these are the ICCIO words, is how do we implement this technology and, and modernize while we're doing that on legacy infrastructure and with legacy data? So these challenges are the same on both. So that's why this focus on end-to-end deliberate intentional data management is something that is common on both.
2: That's Lori Wade, Chief Data Officer of the Intelligence Community. We're going to take a short break, but we'll continue our conversation when we return. I'm Jory Heckman, and you're listening to All About Data. back to all about data our guest today is chief data officer for the intelligence community lori wade joining me is justin doubleday the host of inside the ic to change gears here a little bit we spoke previously about artificial intelligence the role that that is having on every agency's mission the IC included as well. In terms of other emerging technology, you know, of course, AI is here and it's developing very quickly in new different use cases. But what other emerging technologies are on the horizon that you're looking at potentially having uh, opportunities within the IC? How do you scale those things up? How do you kick the tires of these technologies and decide ultimately whether it's a, a good fit for the IC or not?
1: No, that's a great question. Because again, I mentioned at the beginning, you'll see on the strategy it goes to twenty twenty five. I stood up a data future group to be looking and seeing what what should we be concerned about. How are we going forward twenty six and out? What is you know how how's the, how's the private sector and how should we be evolving our thinking about the data and digital landscape and how that's evolving and what we need to do from a strategic standpoint. So there's several things that we've done at the for the IC. We started an IC front door. You can't see it, but I'm holding up to the here in the studio as one of my business cards. On the back of that, I have a QR code. You can also go to the bottom of the odni.gov website and there's a link to this this front door. Cuz one of the things we're trying to do is reduce the barriers of entry for private sector companies that are working on some of these emerging technologies, whether it be AI, whether it be the next evolution of the Internet, so Web3, or even immersive technologies like Metaverse. There's a lot of companies out there that may not even know how to enter into a relationship and a conversation with the intelligence community, so we started this IC front door. What we do is we map that and coming into an IC private sector community of interest that we started, So and that's working with our science and technology and our research and development, so IARPA and others, on what are the emerging technologies that we should be focused on, and then how does that impact all the way back to this data strategy. One of the other things that I think that is probably the most exciting to people is we just uh, kicked off a new uh, series called Future Now series, and I just completed back in last month. I was out in Austin, Texas, where we went to the Army Future Command, and I brought together all of the leading companies that are working metaverse, and immersive technologies and intelligence community officers who are experts in this area. And this is a whole new approach where we're trying to not just work with the private sector in as a vendor relationship, but bring them into the problem identification phase of this and have a discussion. So we brought them together to talk about metaverse, AI, the next evolution of the internet. What does that mean? You know, if this is the place and the platforms and the technologies where all social interaction will occur what does that mean for national security? And then what is the, and so the outcome of this future now series is going to be an IC strategy on immersive technologies. So it's not only that we are kicking the tires and looking, but we're actually taking a step back collectively to see how do we optimize for that future? And that's why the next evolution of the strategy will have that built into it. But we're Definitely trying to strengthen that that partnership across not only the IC, but with the private sector and the academic institutions.
2: Just to follow up on what we've already spoken about previously about those component CDOs, you know, of course, the people have had on All About Data, what they keep saying is great that the office exists, that CDOs are taking on this important work. Something we see time and again is that it's often a question of being in the right meetings, having the resources to actualize the goals that they have in mind. Of course, they all report up to you as the ICCDO. So in terms of empowering them, in terms of making sure that they are you know, sitting at the right tables and having those conversations, what do you hear from them and, and what are you trying to do to address that? I
1: think it is a challenge. It still is a challenge. And I, I'm, I've heard from the federal side as well, and even some of our uh, liaison partners. This is still a challenge across the board, right? And I talk a lot about how in the private sector, the CDOs are brought to the digital C-suite, if you will. And so what does that look like in the intelligence community? I'm still working through that with my colleagues, the CIOs and the CISOs, but it's way better than when I came in a year ago. Everything I'm putting into place, even through the ICD 504, the strategy, the work I'm doing with leadership is to elevate that role, to make sure that they are. And by putting that data management at the beginning, it brings them in. We've already had some early success. There's one of our major IC elements that, you know, has a new collection platform. And they brought their CDO into that, the acquisition parts. So this is even before that they've even rolled this out. This is when they're starting the planning and the acquisition. And they made a data management plan one of their first milestones. That's critical because that drives everything else that will happen to the data as it goes forward. So that's where you can bring AI into the beginning of the collection, right? That's where you get the data labeled and tagged as you go forward. That's where you make decisions about the storage and how it will be disseminated and the use and the access. You can make all those decisions up front. When the CDOs are not in that meeting, right? Or if they don't have a seat at the planning and the prioritization of funding and resources, then what is not prioritized and what? is not funded, is not done, right? It gets reprioritized over other areas. So the further down and buried the CDO is in that organization, the longer it's going to take and the slower it's going to be to make this a reality. So everything that I'm trying to do is to make that uh, come forward. And on the federal side, they of course had the Open Data Government Act where they were able to have each of the federal agencies designate a CDO, so designation memo. I'm working on making sure that we have that across all the IC elements as a first step, right? But we have a, a ways to go before we get that worked out. But that is something that I see as critical for the success of this as we go forward through these years, is making sure that we empower the CDOs and we get them a seat at that table, whatever that looks like within each agency, but that they are at least in the in that meeting, in that discussion.
2: OK, and just to bring things home here, we said earlier in the conversation that this is a two year strategy in terms of keeping an eye on things, where things are going. When might you guys start sitting down for that uh, that second year action plan? And how do you anticipate keeping up with where things are going as this is, again, a very fluid and dynamic situation?
1: That's great. We just met uh, last week. I met with my lead for our data future group to ask for the draft timeline for when we'll start to see that plan. But she's already working across the IC and with the private sector on what are the elements of that and and trying to define. And one of that is going to be this strategy that we'll have done here in a few months on the immersive technology strategy for the IC that will inform it. As will other things that we're seeing, but I've, we already started to sit down. We we're already doing that. We're already looking. She already has a group of people where they're starting to they'll start to draft what are the elements that need to be in that, because it also has to align with some of those budget cycles as well.
2: All right. Well, we've covered a lot of ground here. But is there anything else you'd like to bring up before we close out the interview? This
1: is uh, again a great opportunity. We're happy to share. I think the last thing I'll say, which is probably something I uh, didn't mention at the beginning. But it's an important piece because a lot of people have pointed out that's unique about the strategy is the strategy will be, is today available on the uh, ODNI.gov website, 100% unclassified. There's not uh, and will not be a classified version. Part of this is to, again, be open and transparent about where we're thinking and to signal to the private sector and others what we're interested in. And to make sure that as we move forward, we are considering how we work across all three of our security fabrics. So this is a great opportunity for everyone to see where we are uh, as far as where the IC data strategy is.
2: All right. Our guest today was Lori Wade, the chief data officer of the intelligence community. I'm Jory Heckman. Joining me is Justin Doubleday. And this has been a very special episode of Inside the IC and All About Data. Lori, thank you so much for joining us. Thank
1: you. I really enjoyed it.
2: You can find more data coverage as well as more episodes of All About Data on federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Jory Heckman, and thanks for listening to this episode of All About Data. Thanks for listening to All About Data on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your favorite podcast app. Search for All About Data on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows.